3: Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to Inside Arsenal. It is Wednesday. I hope the week is going well and you're not getting too bored as we head further and further into the international break. Good thing is, though, we are now just 10 days away from Arsenal returning to action. Bad news is we've all got to sit here with our fingers crossed, hoping no one gets injured in the next week or so as the international fixtures really start to kick off Leandro Trossard in action or should be in action later on tonight for Belgium and then the rest of the 16 Arsenal players who are away with their national squads will follow in the preceding days we've still got plenty to talk about today you'll we'll focus a little bit on Arsenal's hunt for a midfielder that uh was, I imagine going to be quite a big talking point as we head towards January uh quite a few players being mentioned Douglas Louise continues to uh, circulate the name of D- Douglas Louise Ruben Neves as well. So I'll have a little bit of chat about that. I've got questions, well, comments from you guys as well. on There's sort of fallout from Nick Ramsdale's interview that I discussed yesterday. Gabriel Jesus over in Brazil uh, is in the uh, headlines as well. And of course, I have to mention, I will have to mention what I predicted would be a bit of a farce and what certainly turned out to be a bit of a farce and that was Howard Webb and Michael Owen's referee Mike Tup show which went out on Sky Sports yesterday so we'll talk about that as well. So let's get stuck into today's show show and we'll start with the midfield who doesn't like talking about transfers and yeah as we're building up towards January they are going to become more and more of a talking point of course. Uh, It is emerging that Arsenal's Priority, shall we say, in January could well be a midfielder because of what's going on with Thomas Party, because of the uncertainty about his fitness, when he'll be back, the fact he could be going to the Africa Cup of Nations if he does return in time for that tournament, of course, which means that he could not, may, might end up being not available till kind of mid February, to be honest. So we'll wait and see. And it is emerging that Arsenal could well be kind of switching their attentions, maybe from Potentially adding a new attacker to protecting themselves by attack, uh, by adding a new midfielder in January. Douglas Louise of Aston Villa, a player we know Arsenal like and want and have bid for before and had multiple bids rejected for in the past, continues to be linked. We've seen Ruben Neves, who's over in Saudi Arabia, of course, having left walls in the summer place at al Halal. He has been linked as well as a player who's been linked with Newcastle recently as a potential loan deal. <laughs> loan deal, wonder how the negotiations between Piff and Piff would go for that um, uh, but yeah he could potentially be an option, it seems like Premier League rules might end up sort of forbidding Newcastle actually signing Ruben Neves on loan, I think that's all being discussed at the moment or trying to be pushed through at the moment And Arsenal, are have been mentioned as possible um, sort of club to nip in and potentially bring him over, whether that be on loan or permanent remains to be seen of course um, it is an interesting one I, I kind of look at it And I do feel, and I'm going to speak speak about this. Oh, of course, actually, just to mention myself and James Bench will be recording Inside Arsenal extra time a little bit later on this afternoon. So many of your uh, comments in terms of who you would want to see Arsenal sign in January have been sent in over the last sort of 48 hours or so for that. So thank you very much. I'm going to sort of collate them all together on most of them all together. And uh, so me and James can discuss that. And a lot of you have been sort of saying... You know, I think probably a midfielder left eight should well, maybe could well be priority. And I I kind of look at it and, and I am swaying towards that. I do think in whatever happens in January, I still kind of feel like Arsenal have got enough to get through to the end of the season in terms of a forward. I think they need to sign a forward, but I think that should probably happen in the summer. I don't want to see them rushing into a forward deal in January just for the sake of it, you know, I think, you know, signing a striker, spending big, big money on a striker or another attacker, you have to get that right. You've got to make sure you get the player you really, really want. And I feel like that could well be something best served for the summer. But in terms of midfield, if there is an option to do it in January, I think that is the area that the squad really does need strengthening. It's just, you know, if something were to happen to Declan Rice, touch wood, that would be you know, an absolute nightmare for Arsenal. I don't feel like they're protected enough because of what's going on with Thomas Party, because of how long he's been out for and potentially could well be out for, especially if he goes to the Africa Cup of Nations. I look at that part of the squad and just think they're not very well protected. If something happens to Declan Rice, then this, it would be really, really weird. We saw the midfield against it was West Ham, wasn't it, in the League Cup, and how light and small and one-paced kind of that was especially with Smith Rowe out as well and that didn't work that night and imagine if you had to do that for the very long term if Rice was to say pick up an injury left him out for six weeks or something while party is out I just don't think that's enough I think that Arsenal's title charge would probably come to a pretty swift end should something like that happen and that's kind of why I just feel like in January if there is an option to bring in a midfielder then that's probably the best thing to do. It's not going to be easy, especially, you know, I don't know the Ruben Neves thing. I don't know how difficult that would be, how willing al halal would be to let that happen. Um, But with Douglas Luiz, it would be an incredibly difficult one to do just because we know how hard Aston Villa fought to stop Arsenal signing him you know, just a couple of transfer windows ago. And that was when he had less than a year left on his contract. Since then, he's signed a new contract. He's incredibly influential for them. He's playing week in, week out, playing so, so well under Unai Emery. He's he's coming towards his peak at 25 now. Long-term contract at a very rich, ambitious Premier League club. You know, that is a very, very hard transfer to do, especially in January as well. So, you know... (laughs) When I kind of think about it and think about Arsenal's chances of pulling that one off, I think it would they would be pretty slim. It would be a very hard one to do. Um, and we saw that last time. So uh, whether there are other options on there, I'm sure they are. We know Arsenal will be linked with Andre, for example, over in Brazil. But lots of clubs are being linked with him. And I think his agents are doing very, very well to get his name out there and banded about as much as possible at the moment. And I think that will probably continue and potentially even ramp up as we get closer towards January. But... Yeah, for me, the midfielder hunt, I think, is the really crucial part of Arsenal's January plans, or should be the real crucial part of January plans. You know, whoever ends up arriving, if someone ends up arriving, then uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. I think money's going to be really interesting as well. How much do Arsenal have to spend? We saw what they had to do with the David Ryan deal in the summer. Nothing much has really changed, you would think. I mean, I'm not, I don't know the ins and outs of Arsenal's finances, but the fact that they were having to sort of work around deals like that in the summer. Would they have to do that again in January? Perhaps unless they can make a very significant sale. And when I say a significant sale, you kind of look at who that could potentially be. Aaron Ramsdale immediately pops to mind. As I said yesterday, I don't think Arsenal should be getting rid of him in January because that weakens the squad. You'd have to sign a new goalkeeper. That goalkeeper is not going to be as good as Aaron Ramsdale. You're weakening your squad halfway through the season. The only way I can imagine certainly my stance changing in terms of that opinion is if it was for, to ensure that a very, you know, really top quality, significant signing came in in January, and the funds from selling someone like Ramsdale were put directly towards that, and and made sure that that signing came through the door, then maybe, uh, maybe sometimes, you know, that's an un, that's a necessary evil, so to speak, for something like that to happen. Emil Smith Rowe, another player, of course, who you, you kind of look at and think you could potentially get quite decent money for Emil Smith Rowe if he's not going to be in the plans and I don't want to sell I mean, Emil Smith Rowe. I've said that before, you all know how much of a big fan I am of Emil Smith Rowe. But you kind of look at the squad right now, and those are the two players you think if I and, and you know this is all hypothetical, but if Arsenal did need to make a decent sale in January to ensure that they got they had the funds available to really push the boat out and sign a player that they really wanted to sign, then those are the two in the squad right now that you think are probably um uh, the most likely to to generate those sort of months. So let me know what you guys think on that. And I, I'm sure it's something that myself and James Bench are going to be talking about a lot, uh, quite a lot later on in that Inside Arsenal Extra Time show as well when we do focus our attention quite a bit on the upcoming January transfer window. All right. Now, I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it. The mic'd up show on Sky Sports, which yesterday I predicted would be a farce and it absolutely was one gigantic waste of time did you see uh, Michael Owen's tweet after this if you haven't it was really really funny I think um I can't remember I can't remember what he called them I've actually forgot I'm going to bring it up here on my screen so forgive me for typing while I'm talking here but it is it is pretty funny um he was not a happy man, Michael Owen, in terms of how the show was reacted. Here we go. Your, the tweet is, you're just scumbags, always have been Troll through a load of messages until you find a couple of negative ones and then create an article. Most people thought the show was insightful and educational. I can't even not laugh when reading that, which is our aim. He was When he says you're just scumbags, he was talking at the Daily Mail online who wrote, wrote a piece saying that football fans have widely slammed um, Michael Owen's show for not questioning Howard Webb enough um and while he's well within his rights to have that opinion on the day of the daily mail online of course um (laughs) they were kind of right because it was just an absolute puff piece we knew it was going to be it's just one big propaganda show the first time we saw this it was a little bit different you thought "Oh, this is quite good this is quite this is quite insightful but as soon as the first show finished and they continue to do it The more it goes on, you're just like, what an absolute gigantic waste of time this is. This is basically just a chance. And we knew it anyway. And I said it yesterday. This is a chance for Howard Webb just to get on primetime TV and just to spout a load of nonsense and not get pressed on it, not get questioned about it, really, just to stand up there and say, this is why we got things right. We did it. This is a process we went through. And this is why we're right. And everyone else is wrong. It was just an absolute gigantic waste of time. There was so much in it to unpick. I mean, I've got, I think, have I got a a tweet here from someone. Here we go, from Dave. So I just watched Mike up VAR analysis and the official said, I don't see a specific foul on Gabriel. I see two hands on his back, but I don't see anything of a push that warrants in flying forward like that. Um, And then, you know, Dave continues to say that, you know, I said it would be a farce and it did not disappoint. And he was absolutely right. It was a farce. And that the whole period where they spoke through the goal that was disallowed, you know, as I've said before, the the ball out of play, the offside, I can understand why that was not given and the VAR couldn't change it because it wasn't conclusive. But the foul was a foul. It's always been a foul. It always will be a foul. And the fact that the referee sent there, and also the angles that they, the VAR actually watched the incident were a joke. They were so far off. As soon as they'd get, they decided, they sort of glossed over it and said, oh, there's two hands on the back, but we're not sure it's a foul. There's nothing specific there, which was a load of rubbish, of course. Two hands on the back, you're gonna, it's gonna be a foul. But as soon as they moved away from that and then started looking at the offside, they actually started to show and look at the replay from behind the goal where you quite see, clearly see how blatant a foul it was. But they didn't show that replay when they were when they were actually looking specifically at whether there was a foul or not, which was just an absolute joke. So the whole thing was a joke, and then they didn't even show the audio from the Bruno or the Kai Havertz one. So the two decisions which they've been proven to have gotten wrong and should have been a red card for both players, they didn't even, they didn't show the audio. They didn't air it. So it's not open at all. Of course it's not. They'll pick and choose what they want to show. But other incidents like that, which was a blatant red card for Bruno, all day long it's a blatant red card for Bruno, and it probably was a red card for Kai Havertz, and they don't you, you, they don't show the the audio they don't show how they decide how they managed to get that wrong it was it, the whole thing's just a joke honestly and yeah I didn't even talk about it on social media after it yesterday because I just didn't want to get into it and um, I've ended up start ranting again just now it just brings the worst out of me so yeah th- those were my thoughts on it and uh, I'm glad it's over I'm glad it's done with and uh, we can all kind of just move on now until the next fast of a decision happens which will happen because we all know it will
1: Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
3: Jorginho has been speaking uh, elsewhere. He's been called up to the Italy squad, back into the Italy squad after being left out recently. Uh, He was been speaking at the Italy press conference and he was talking about how he's enjoying his football right now and he was asked about his future and everything like that. This is what he had to say. He said, obviously, it takes time to understand the mechanics." How do you say that word? The mechanisms. <laughs> Someone tell me how to say that. For some reason, my blank, my head's gone blank. But then he says Arteta gives you a billion pieces of information, but I'm very happy there. I have grown a lot on the pitch in experience. I changed teams, coaches. Therefore, I took in more information. I understand the game even more. And how to compete. Competing does not just mean playing well, but also comes from experience. And this I try to pass the, this and I try to pass this experience on to my teammates. I'm not sure about the future. I would like to return to Italy, but I don't know when the right time would be. I want to return, yes, but I don't know when. I feel I still have things to do at Arsenal. And I don't want Jorginho to go. I have to say, I think he's been really, really useful. I think he's been a really good sign-in. I think he's clearly still got quite a bit to give. He's showing that at the moment. He might not be the greatest of players anymore. He's not at Thomas Parties when he's at full fitness standard. He's obviously not a Declan Rice standard, but he's still a very, very good player. He still brings an awful lot to this team on and off the pitch. He's wearing the armband a lot at the moment. And that says a lot about what Mikel Arteta thinks of him, what his teammates think of him. And uh, yeah, I hope, I hope he still stays, certainly for the remainder of the season. Potentially in the summer, that's a good chance for him to move on. If Arsenal do spend big, which we think they will, to bring in another, at least another midfielder, then maybe that is the time to move on. But for now, I think he's got a big part to play, and I'm looking forward to Jorginho staying for the second half of the season. Uh, before I move on to Aaron Ramsdale and the reaction uh, of from some of you guys on that interview that his dad gave yesterday and what I had to say, there was a, quick, there was a game last night in the EFL Trophy, which, of course, Arsenal was sort of under, I think it's under-21s. Um, It's like the Academy team in the EFL Trophy. They go up against proper football league teams. Arsenal and Reading, it was a final group stage. Both teams had already qualified, actually, um, and gone through to the knockouts. And so this was the final group stage. It was three, it was 5-2 to Reading in the end. It was a remarkable shot. My logo is actually over how many shots Arsenal had. But I think they had some, Arsenal had like 18. So I think there was 42 shots in the entire game. There's nearly a shot every minute, uh, every other minute, sorry. Uh, Reading won it 5-2. Vieira played for Arsenal. He scored a penalty, missed a penalty. Reese Nelson played for Arsenal and was, by all accounts, the best player on the pitch. So it was a good opportunity to get a couple of, to get some game time. Obviously, Vieira is going to be banned for the next three matches in senior football. So this was an opportunity Arsenal took to give them some minutes to keep him ticking over during that period. Reese Nelson hasn't played too much recently. And, uh, you know, it was good, good for him to get out there and play. Um, you can see the team on the left there, if you're watching this on YouTube, you had the likes of Kat, Kai and Edwards, who scored the second goal for Arsenal, Charles Lagoe Jr., Henry Francis, Bradley Ibrahim, Mon Louis, who I think was captain, Raul, Raul Walters. Um, so it was a fairly strong team, especially with Vieira and Nelson in the mix there, but Reading, uh just about coming out on top in a game where I think it sounded like Arsenal got picked apart quite a lot I didn't see the game but watching what people who did watch it and who were there saying also got picked apart quite a bit on this sort of transition and Redding took full advantage of that but good minutes for Vieira and for Nelson anyway just rounding things off today let's quickly talk about Aaron Ramsdale and just just the reaction I wanted to bring up and I just thought it was really interesting looking at the mixture of comments that was sent in to me I think just sums up how the fan base is feeling about this whole situation at the moment I've just put a so, selection of them on the screen. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see them. AFC 358 says it's embarrassing the way we've treated Ramsdale. Um, I am dumbfool <laughs> says there is all this love for Ramsdale and how he has been treated by Arteta. There was none of this for Leno when he was treated the exact same way. Um, Ole, I think that's Ole Healy, says Ramsdale's dad didn't praise Arteta when he picked up his son from teams that got relegated twice and being bold enough to play him ahead of a German international keeper. But now he has criticised him for trying out Raya. Uh, and then Dman8473 says, I must be the only one who thinks Raya is a better keeper. He commands the box better and is more comfortable taking the ball out of the air set pieces and balls crossed into the box. With the obvious and better contribution, maybe Ramsdale is arguably arguably a better shot stopper. It's so a very split and very different sort of opinion when it comes to this. And I think that does kind of sum up the whole situation and how the fan base is feeling about it. Uh, you know, I had my say on it yesterday. I'm not sure the comments around Ramsdale that were particularly wise. I think the timing of them were really, really interesting. We're about six weeks out from January, just after Gareth Southgate had come out and warned Aaron Ramsdale that if he didn't start playing regularly, his spot at the Euros next summer for England might be, you know, up for grabs shall we say Uh, so I thought the timing was pretty telling of that I can't imagine Arteta is going to be too happy with it again that's just me thinking hypothetically trying to sort of look at the situation it's not not the greatest of looks I suppose for someone's dad to come out and say these sort of things um, publicly even if we probably all presumed it's exactly how they were thinking Um, but yeah I just thought it was interesting I think the, uh, the reaction it continues to just be such a source of debate, and um, I think it's really sort of interesting. It was always going to be interesting, you know. For for one, I've said it before. I think Aaron Ramsdale, if he does let, end up leaving Arsenal, as much as he'd probably be disappointed in how it happened, he's got a huge amount to thank Arteta and Arsenal for. You know, Arteta was the, the uh, manager who signed in when pretty much all of us, and not just Arsenal fans, but wider football fans, were looking at it again, what on earth are they doing? What a massive waste of money that is for this goalkeeper. You know, and Ramsdale said it himself. Yeah, the Arsenal fans. You know, basically threatening him, saying, do not sign for our club when he signed him. But Arteta saw through all of that, showed his faith in him, brought him to Arsenal, gave him this platform to turn into the goalkeeper that has done, gave him the platform to turn into the goalkeeper that has made him become a regular in the England squad. Um, And if he does move, he gave him the platform to secure a transfer to what I'm sure will be a very, very top club for a lot of money. So as disappointing as I'm sure he will be, if this does end up with him leaving, he'll still have an awful lot to thank Arsenal and Arteta for. But then you, on the other hand, you kind of look at it and think, well, Arteta, is this, you, you created this problem when there really wasn't a problem? Ramsdale was doing fine. Arsenal were doing fine. We're doing well. And he was such an influential player, such a popular player. Did you really need to create this problem by bringing in David Raya, who has probably not raised the level that maybe we were all expecting he was going to do initially? Will he go further on? Potentially he might do once he settles in and once the sort of drama of the whole Raya versus Ramsdale thing disappears, Raya might be more settled and. Become a better goalkeeper and show the kind of goalkeeper that I think we all expected he was going to be when he came from Brentford. And there are signs that he is beginning to settle in now. So it's an interesting situation. It's a situation that obviously generates huge amounts of debates and I think will continue to until one way or the other it is. Ended And I imagine that will be around Ramsdale leaving. So, yeah, interesting thoughts uh, from you guys as well. And please do continue to send me any comments, questions, opinions you have on anything connected with Arsenal. Always interested to discuss them on this show. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. As always, like I said, myself and James Bench will be sitting down for Inside Arsenal extra time a little bit later on today. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Should be going out on podcast and on here on YouTube. Uh, about sort of 5 o'clockish on Wednesday evening until then have a very good day everyone i'll speak to you soon